Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. She didn't play well. The last time we were here, we didn't play well. So I think it's, I think it's big. I think, you know, the whole perception, sometimes perception is reality. And that's our job in Ohio State. Our job. It's Ohio State's job to, you know, make a difference. We, did, we had our chance in the 16, didn't do it. We had a couple others where we're, for three years in a row now, I think we were right some people, including myself, thought we should be in there. We weren't. Close. Urban Meyer reflected on how Ohio State's college football reputation has suffered. And you're suffering today. It's uh, a tough day. In the aftermath of a 29-23, Ohio State lost to Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. I'm Bruce Hooley. It is uh, just after 3.30 a.m. in the East. Uh... 142, precisely, out here in uh, the Valley of the Sun. I just got back from State Farm Stadium, where I don't know if we saw a great game, uh, but we saw a close game, and we saw a game that Ohio State fans are going to talk about forever, more like lament forever. Uh, Certainly, the Jordan Fuller scoop and score that was overturned by replay. It was one of two Ohio State touchdowns in the game that were overturned by replay. Uh, that will be something that I think probably, you know, 10 years from now, people will say when they're talking about Ohio State, um, you know, if your perspective is they got rooked out of this game tonight, 10 years from now, people will say, well, they were they had two touchdowns overturned on replay. The first one, J.K. Dobbins. I think we can all agree that one should have been overturned. The second one is the one that everybody's going to focus on. Uh, Jeff Okuda forces the fumble from, I believe it was Justin Ross. And Jordan Fuller picks it up. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Weaves his way down the left sideline, 30 yards for a touchdown. Ohio State at the time was trailing 21-16. to 16. So with seven points, it's 23-21. to 21. Uh, After that exchange of possessions, Ohio State ends up scoring on a fourth and one touchdown pass, 23 yards from Justin Fields to Chris Olave. It's easy to say, well, then they're up two scores and the game's, you know, probably over because Clemson doesn't have time to rally. I don't know. I don't know if that wins the game for Ohio State. Certainly, you give Ohio State seven more points. Yeah, you'd think that's ball game. But Clemson plays with a different urgency. Uh, You know, do I in all likelihood think Ohio State wins the game if not for that call? Yes, I do. Do I think that call should have been reversed by replay. No, I don't. I don't. Um, I can tell you what the replay official said. It's not going to make you feel any better. His name is Ken Williamson. And uh, he said, here's a quote. We got a lot of good looks at it. We put on fast motion and slow motion. The player did not complete the process of the catch, so therefore the pass was incomplete. Um, he was pressed on that answer. Uh And he responded uh, additionally, saying exactly this. After the video, instant replay in the stadium, as well as back at the video center, they both looked at it slow and fast, and they determined when he moved, the ball was becoming loose in his hands, and he did not complete the process of the catch. Uh, Now, did he not complete the process of the catch because Jeff Okuda knocked it away? Maybe. It looked to me like he had... Completed the catch because Clemson's receivers in this game, I'm going to watch the game again uh, today, 
Clemson's receivers are in the habit of catching the ball away from their body and holding the ball away from defensive backs who are trying to do exactly what Jeff Okuda did, which is knock it out. I think if that is called on the field an incompletion, it's a lot easier to stomach as an Ohio State fan. But because it's called a catch on the field, and they let it go, and then they reversed it, that is one that Ohio State fans are going to debate forever. They are going to debate it the way that Miami fans debate the pass interference call in the uh, 03 Fiesta Bowl 2002 National Championship game. They're going to debate it uh, the way Michigan fans do the spot that JT Barrett uh, received to convert a first down and help Ohio State you know, win the game in overtime because that spot was fourth down and it's Michigan's bots game over. That, and I'm not saying either one of those calls was the wrong call. I'm just trying to help put it in perspective that Michigan fans will always hang on to that and play the what-if game. Miami fans have always held on to that and play the what-if game. And I don't think you're ever going to reach a piece as an Ohio State fan with the outcome of this game because honestly watching it, didn't you feel like Ohio State should win the game? I almost said there, didn't you feel like Ohio State was the better team? I think these teams are so evenly matched. So evenly matched, in fact, that I think they kept each other from playing the kind of game that would have given me uh, no reservation saying it was a great game. I don't think it was a great game because I think both teams are so good, they wouldn't allow the other team to play great. It felt to me like a heavyweight championship fight where the two heavyweights just sort of lolled around the middle of the ring uh, each got in a couple good shots. Ohio State got in a couple good shots early. The J.K. Dobbins touchdown runs a really good shot. Uh, the pass to Olave, they gave him the lead. That's a that's a heavy punch, staggering, standing eight count. If you want to put it in heavyweight championship parlance, Clemson with you know the Trevor Lawrence sixty-seven yard run and the Travis Etienne fifty-three yard touchdown on the screen pass. Those are haymakers that land that stagger you. But down the stretch, I thought. Uh, both teams were like really cautious, afraid to get in too close because they thought, you know, that guy over there, man, he's hit me before in this game. And I know if I give him a chance, man, he's going to knock me out. He's going to knock me senseless. So did that take Ohio State some of the aggression away? Mm. Ryan Day after the game, fourth and four from the Clemson, I think it was 39 with four minutes and something, to three minutes and change to go. And they punted. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the wrong call. And, and I wondered if Ryan Day would second guess that after the game, but he did not. He said, no, I trust my defense. Uh, thought we could, you know, thought we could get the stop and win the football game. Well, they didn't get the stop. Clemson went 96 yards in four plays. Uh, That was a stunning reversal. And I actually thought Clemson scored too fast. Uh, I thought Travis Etienne scoring again on just a phenomenally scheme play. I mean, I was just, don't blame the Ohio State defense for that one. Look, sometimes you got to give it up to the other guy. That play where Trevor Lawrence, like, heads like he's going to run, and he ran all night. Everybody comes up, and Etienne's over the top, and boom, he's... That kid is a good player. J.K. Dobbins, what a game J.K. Dobbins played. What a game Justin Fields played on a gimpy knee. I thought Ohio State just, what a, that was a great 
hard-hitting football game. Count the star players in that game who had to leave the field because they got their bells rung. Uh, Let's start with uh, T. Higgins, Clemson's best wide receiver. He goes down on their first series, comes back in the second half. I don't think he was the same player. Uh, Travis Etienne got smoked on the first series. He leaves. He carried it one time on that series. Uh, James Skowski, their middle linebacker, left the game. Trevor Lawrence got hit by Sean Wade. That targeting call, we'll talk about that. Lawrence leaves the game for a snap or two. On the Buckeye side, you got Dobbins with the ankle. He's out for a while, and Jeff Okuda's out for a while. So, like, if you're an All-American, you were going to get smoked in this game. Um, and, hey, um, boy, this reminds me, folks, for years and years and years, I covered the NCAA basketball tournament in my Plain Dealer era, and the and the oddest thing about the NCAA basketball tournament, it's the only time I've ever equated college football um, at this stage of the season to the NCAA basketball tournament. But in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA basketball tournament, you know, you've won the first weekend, you've had your big celebration, you cut down the nets, and you feel like you're two games from the Final Four, and that national championship is lingering out there, and you can just almost taste that trip to the Final Four. And you're in a Sweet 16 game, and it's a tight game, you're coming down a stretch, and there's a minute or two minutes left. And all of a sudden, the other team hits a three or you throw it out of bounds or something, and you lose the game. And you've gone from, in actual clock time, five minutes earlier, that Final Four berth just just right there. You can just grab it. You can taste it. You were just, oh, we're going to the Final Four. And you're out. All of a sudden, you're just out. You're done. And that's how I felt tonight when Justin Fields is swinging the ball out into the flat to J.K. Dobbins. And he's running it down a field, and he's hitting K.J. Hill, and they're moving it. I mean, they moved it inside the Clemson 30 in, like, no time. And they got timeouts left, and I'm thinking, well, they're they're pushing this bad boy in. They're going to win this game 30-29. to 29. And out of nowhere, what I don't think has happened, I don't remember it happening all season long, Chris Olave thinks Justin Fields is going to scramble, and Justin Fields thinks, I got room, I'm throwing. And he throws the ball over the middle. It looked a lot like the same pattern. Maybe not the same action because Fields didn't fake a run first. But it's the same pattern. Olave's just, you know, he's running a dig. And he goes out and Fields throws to the middle and it's picked. And 37 seconds left on a clock. And you're like, wait a minute. We're going to the championship game. Like, we're driving. We're driving. We're coming back. We're winning this by a point. This is going to be one of the great victories in Ohio State history. And it's over. And it's over. And we're left to lament a season that was on the cusp of being, I think, inarguably the greatest season in Ohio State history. And what a script to write for Ryan Day in his first season. And Urban Meyer could rightfully feel like this was a part of his legacy. And it's, it's over. And it just was stunning in how the space of a snap and a pass and a turnover and everything is done. And the world goes on and Clemson celebrates in the confetti and... They start making plans for New Orleans and all the Joe Burrow against the Buckeye storylines are are done. 
and I don't have any consolation for you other than now you can root with all your guts for Joe Burrow because you can't stand Clemson and you think that uh, the Jordan Fuller scoop and score should have stood and probably don't want to hear Dabo Sweeney interviewed ever again. And uh, yeah, I, I get it. It's just it's, it's, a, it's just not the way I envisioned it happening. I called it 27-24 for Ohio State. Uh, most everybody that I talked to before the game, and I wrote about this on si.com backslash college backslash Ohio State, most everybody was picking a three-point game. There were some outliers. Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network picked Ohio State big. I think it was 48-21. Pete Thamel of Yahoo picked Ohio State by like nine. Uh, nobody picked Clemson big. And, uh, hey, I mean, look, I think both teams showed the heart of a champion. I'm not going to say, well, Clemson showed the heart of a champion. Ohio State didn't. I'm not going to say that. I think Ohio State did. But I think Ohio State fans come out of this. Clemson's got to feel like, ooh, we dodged one there. They dodged one against North Carolina, and they dodged one here tonight because, hey, when you fall behind 16 to nothing in a playoff semifinal and your quarterback is, uh, let me think now. They had scored by then. They had, had they scored by then? Oh, I'm trying to think. They got the targeting call. No, they had not. They had not scored by then. They had not scored, but they're down 16 to nothing, and Trevor Lawrence is laying flat on the field. What are you thinking right there if you're Clemson? They're coming back? No. But Sean Wade gets ejected for targeting. Okay. The only way to discuss the Sean Wade ejection for targeting is to say, I'm not going to talk about what I think of the targeting rule because the targeting rule is the targeting rule. And the only way that I would think you could fix the targeting rule is going to introduce something that nobody wants to introduce, and that's more judgment on the part of officials. Did Trevor Lawrence duck when Sean Wade was coming in? Yes. Did Sean Wade launch with his head and meet the black and white standard of targeting? Yes. So if you want to say, well, that shouldn't be targeting because Lawrence ducked his head, that's not in the rule. You don't get an out for that. And the Bill LeMagne said, you hit with the crown of the helmet, it's targeting. So, uh, was it as egregious as the Oklahoma targeting on Clyde Edwards-Elair in the LSU game? No. That Oklahoma kid launched. He was That was a dirty hit. This was not a dirty hit by Sean Wade. But was it a defined define to the nth degree letter of the law within the parameters of targeting as the rule is written? I'm afraid it was. And so, Wade leaves the game. Now, Wade leaving the game, you'd think, well, they're going to just go right after Amir Reap, and they're going to, like, you know, T. Higgins is going to go off, or Justin Ross is going to go off, and that didn't happen. They got a pass interference penalty right away. But I don't really think Sean Wade's absence hurt Ohio State, but the flag on that converts what would have been a sack and a punt, and then Clemson gets the P.I., and then ETN makes a phenomenal eight-yard touchdown run. He's hemmed in by Jordan Fuller, and he's hemmed in by Malik Harrison, and he gets away and he scores. Okay, so now they're on the board. And this is another place where maybe Ryan Day, if he wants to drive himself nuts, as if there's not enough in this game to do it, Ryan Day is going to say, did I get too conservative at the end of the first half? Did I count on running the ball and running out the clock and Trevor Lawrence and Clemson not getting the ball back? Well, they ran three plays. They ran Dobbins on third and one, and I don't know how Clemson stopped it, but they did. So Clemson gets the ball, and they're going 
full out. Now, I thought that was a bad move by Clemson at the time. I didn't really think they had much going on. But Lawrence, he's got the guts of a burglar, man. He throws that ball into traffic repeatedly. And he hit a couple slants. And my seat in the uh, corner of the end zone, when they ran that quarterback draw, it opened like the Red Sea. And it, up comes Josh Proctor. And this is the downside of playing the one high safety. Is if that safety crashes and he doesn't get it, the tackle made, it's a problem. And Trevor Lawrence, the guy is 6'5", and he made a jump cut. He gets by Proctor. He makes a jump cut to get away from Jordan Fuller. He gets outside, and then he outruns Baron Browning to the end zone. Uh, Trevor Lawrence made himself some money tonight. Not that he needed to show anything to be the first overall pick when he can go out in 2021. But man, oh man, was that a great play. And that 67-yard run, that like I said earlier, that's a left hook from out of nowhere that staggers you because Ohio State's now dominated the first half. The first 25 minutes, they've dominated Clemson, and it's 16-14 to 14 at halftime, and Clemson's getting the ball to start the third quarter. So let's talk about the 16. We're going to focus on the Jordan Fuller scoop and score for eternity. But three Blake Hawbill field goals inside 35 yards is a missed opportunity. And the biggest missed opportunity among those three, yes, there was a J.K. Dobbins touchdown catch from five yards away that was overturned. That was the right call. Fields put a little bit too much on that. And Dobbins made a great effort to try to catch it. It just He hit the ground, and it lit up his leg, and they're going to overturn that 100 times out of 100. So they get the field goal. So then they get it back, and they're moving on the next series, and they get the ball down to the Clemson 16, and they call a screen pass. And I mean to tell you, the coaches in the booth had to be thinking when that play was unfolding, now we got them. There's our third touchdown of the half, and we're up, you know, 23 uh, and we're up, yeah, well, it was be third touchdown, half's 21, and two field goals were up 27 uh, right there, you know. And so, well, instead of the three. So it'd be two field goals, six, I'll get it here in a minute, and, well, two touchdowns. So they would have been 20. 20, uh, to, 20 to seven. And J.K. Dobbins dropped it. He's flat dropped it. He had three linemen out there in the flat, He's got 20 yards to run. He's got one Clemson defender between him and the goal line. And he just flat out dropped it. And that's a crusher because you just thought at that time, I don't know, I can't speak for you. I thought at the time, you are letting these guys live too long. You are letting them have a breath. They're just about to, you know, breathe their last. And then you pump another breath of air into their diaphragm by dropping a screen pass, by getting a targeting call. And then in the third quarter, by roughing the punter when Clemson is giving it back to you from its own 15. Its own 15. Ohio State's going to get that ball to 40. And no harm, no foul. You know, you've dodged, I think that was the second Clemson possession of the second half. 
Instead, they rush in there to block it. And honestly, I don't know how they didn't block it. I'm sure they felt good about it. I'm sure it makes a ton of sense. Matt Barnes probably had it schemed up, and Ryan Day felt good about it. And if, you know, hey, you can't play scared. If you get the block right there, you got a touchdown, and okay, maybe it's lights out for Clemson. But they didn't get their hands on the ball. And they crunched into Will Spires, and the flag came out, and it was a first down. And then it's off to the races for Clemson. Because here again, like they did in the first half after the targeting, they're going to make you pay for missing a knockout punch. They're going to duck when you swing, and they're going to hit you with the uppercut. And this time, the uppercut was again Travis Etienne, 53-yard screen pass touchdown. So now we're in a battle. Ohio State scored 16 in a row. Clemson scored 21 in a row. And from that point on... You know what happened. You know what happened. The scoop and score is denied. Ohio State takes the lead. Ohio State doesn't convert on fourth and three, uh, third and four. They punt it on fourth and four. Clemson goes down a field. Ohio State starts moving, and it just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. And it's uh, a really, really, really sad way for a great year to end. Um. Because it ended so suddenly and because it felt like it didn't need to end because Ohio State just, to me, seemed like it had control of that football game for all but, like, what? Like, I don't know, even two minutes? I mean, were you worried when Clemson took the lead? 21-16? I wasn't. I didn't feel like Ohio State was going to get shut out in the second half. I thought Ohio State would score. A couple of things. J.K. Dobbins' ankle injury. What happens if that doesn't happen? Because they could, they really struggle to stop J.K. Dobbins. He had 140 some yards, then he gets his ankle hurt and he ends with 170. Master Teague did not take advantage of opportunities tonight. He could have come in there, he could have been a change of pace back, he could have slugged it up in there and punished Clemson. It didn't happen. Uh, Justin Fields tonight was 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 good, but he was not as good as he can be. And again. Are we going to spend the rest of time lamenting Justin Fields hurting his knee and it not coming around? Because he said early in the week he's going to wear the soft brace. He wore the big bulky brace. Clemson was ignoring him on zone reads. They weren't even paying attention to Justin Fields. And his knee clearly was what he said it was, 80 to 85%. Um, So Dobbins' ankle was big. Fields' knee was big. And let's face it, the first half against Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game is big. Because without that first half, if Ohio State dominates Wisconsin in the first half, if Ohio State just even defensively holds Wisconsin, even if it's 14-7 at halftime, not 21-7, then Ohio State's, I think Ohio State's playing Oklahoma. And we're like laughing because... You know, we're sleeping right now because we played the early game and we beat Oklahoma like a drum and we watched LSU and Clemson knock their brains out and then Ohio State's going to play. The survivor of, you know, the football equivalent of the Thrilla in Manila. And the Buckeyes are set up pretty good to take advantage of that. As it is, it's LSU that benefits. Doesn't it feel like it's just Joe Burrow's year? Doesn't it just feel like that? Seven touchdown passes in the first half. He's playing the national championship game in New Orleans. Um, I don't know. It's uh, 
it's a it's a tough one. It's a real, real tough one. So Spiels will join me on Monday afternoon. He is in the Meadowlands where uh, today the Philadelphia Eagles will try to annex a playoff berth against the New York Giants. Uh, we have coming up in uh, less than eight hours uh, the second-ranked Ohio State Buckeye basketball team taking on uh, Bobby Huggy Bear Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers at Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. So uh, we have a second-ranked football team that came up just shy in its uh, national championship run. Uh, so, hey, yeah, I know it's not what you want, but a national championship in college football won't be yours. A national championship in college basketball perhaps could be yours. Let me read you two things on the uh, overturn. Terry McCauley, uh, who is a retired NFL official, um, who now works for NBC, tweeted this with a video from SportsCenter of the Justin Ross catch and the Jordan Fuller scoop and score. Terry McCauley tweet. This is a great angle. There is absolutely no way replay should have reversed. Indisputable video evidence is simply not there. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, Can't say you know how the game would have played out from there, but it would have been a big, big, big break for the Buckeyes and the kind of play that could have uh, changed the outcome of this game. Joel Klatt of Fox... uh, says that he spoke with Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith, and he is, and I quote from Joel Klatt's tweet, livid with what he feels like was clear overreach from replay tonight. Um, I agree. I don't think that call should have been overturned. And um, it was. And Ohio State fans will regret it forever. As we turn our attention briefly to Uh, Just a quick look at next year. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to lose Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, Jeff Okuda, Sean Wade, and therefore its entire secondary. Zach Harrison looked good tonight. Um, Don't know about other guys. Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis all both said they're coming back. So did Thayer Munford. Sometimes guys say they're coming back. They don't want to deal with the hassle of it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if one of those three goes. Usually there's one guy you don't think is going to go who does. Uh, but this is the kind of game. It reminds me a little bit of the loss to LSU in the 2007 season national title game in the Sugar Bowl. Malcolm Jenkins, James Laurinaitis, Alex Boone all wanted to come back and play again, or maybe that was after the Florida game. Were they juniors then? They all came back to play one more year. Yes, they all came back to play one more year, and then they lost. Uh, I could be wrong. I know they came back trying to win a national title, and they never got it. You're on the cusp of winning it. you got to win it when you're there because nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed, except if you play Oklahoma, you're probably going to smoke them in uh, any playoff. They are now 0-4 in the college football playoffs. Uh, I wrote after the game, I thought that was... The best college football playoff semifinal ever. Um, Eclipsing the Ohio State-Alabama game. But, you know, Blake Sims in Alabama, it's not a great Alabama team. Uh, It's certainly not a team on a 28-game winning streak, a defending national champion. Um, 
So I think this game will go down in uh, in history as the best semifinal in the half dozen year history of the format. Uh, will there be better games in the future? Yes, but uh, it was two great teams going at it hard, and um, somebody's got to win. And uh, it wasn't the Buckeyes, so that's um, that's a tough one. Uh, I am too punchy to talk about something as serious as faith. Um, in the kind of uh, condition I'm in right now, because I'm on fumes. Uh, it's a Sunday morning. I hope you're in church. Uh, I wanted to get this out because I know that, um, well, I hope you're interested. Many of you have been so kind to uh, subscribe to our podcast and to give us feedback. Uh, let me read you our review of the day. It comes from Corey in Newark. He says, thanks, Chris and Bruce. I'm a Buckeye fan who deeply enjoys both your senses of humor and everyday takes on life. Also, as a man of faith, your biblical life lessons always hit home. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Corey. Uh, reminder, uh, we're starting a new year here soon. Not the way we want to with a national championship berth, but uh, perhaps you'd like to get in better shape. A fitness membership not in your budget. Well, then, go to SpielmanandHooley.com. Enter to win a free couples membership to Premier at Sawmill Athletic Club. It is the preeminent fitness facility in the city of Columbus. Uh, I'm a member there. You may see me. Come up. We'll chat. We'll talk. Uh, I won't bug you if you're on the Stairmaster. Return the favor to me. You cannot be an existing Premier member to win this, but if you uh, are a new member, fantastic. Uh, because uh, Jim Miller... A good friend of mine, the GM of the club, Regan Koivistu of uh, Kinsale Golf and Fitness Club, which is affiliated with Premier, they have kindly, and I do mean kindly, extended to us the opportunity to give away a couple's membership for 2020. And yes, you can add your kids on at a very, very modest cost. They have swimming, indoors and out. Just hang at the pool all summer. You say, ah, I don't want to work out. Well, just hang at the pool all summer, my man. Um uh, Spinning classes, strength classes, yoga classes, all the ellipticals and stairmasters and treadmills and free weights and machines you'd ever want. Extremely clean locker rooms and two hours child care provided free every single time you go. So moms, no excuse. Get in great shape. Premier at Sawmill. Go to SpielmanandHooley.com. Enter with your email address. We'll draw it after the first of the year. Uh, it's a tough night, I'm sure, for the parents of Buckeye players. One of those parents... Of course, uh, Chelsea and Cade Stover, uh, their son, Mr. Football. They are the proprietors of Stover Farms Custom Meats, 4,000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. Hey, nothing's going to make you feel better after losing this game, but something that might come close is a great steak of certified Angus beef grown on their farm in the uh, Lexington-Mansfield area. Poultry, pork, non-GMO, hormone-free, really, really good. They're, uh, you know, you're going to... The only way to know is to check me on this. Their beef just tastes different. Their sausage, their bacon, you taste it and you're like, whoa, what have I been eating all these years? Yeah, because there's no hormones, non-GMO, it's grass-fed, it's all organic. The taste is phenomenal. I wonder how those pioneer guys could like go all day and all nights because they didn't have hormones in their beef. And you can do the same. Stover Farms Custom Meats. Tell them you're a Spielman and Hooley listener. They'll give you a special discount. Uh, perhaps a free pound of hamburger with every pound you buy. That was the special. Trev has been out here in Arizona, and I've not been able to hook up with him to see if they're going to honor that. But you tell them you're a Spielman and Hooley listener, and you will get a special, special discount. 4,000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. Look for them online. Stover Farms Custom Meats.com. 
Um, Spiels is back Monday afternoon. Our Monday podcast will release a little bit later than normal, uh, but I think it's important to get Chris on because uh, I'm extremely interested to hear what he has to say about this game tonight. If there's anything that he's second-guessing, other than the officials, we're all second-guessing the officials, uh, but is there anything else that, uh, you know, Spiels might be second-guessing? Does he think Ryan Day uh, got too conservative into the first half? Uh, does he think that, uh, you know, Ryan Day should have not punted the football on uh, fourth and four from the 39? Uh, we don't know, but I know the big man will have thoughts, and we'll get them from him on uh, Monday. We'll put the podcast out ASAP. I hope you enjoy this one. hope you enjoy your Sunday. Browns and Bengals tomorrow. We'll have thoughts on that on Monday as well. I'm picking the Bengals because I think the Brownies have nothing to play for. The Bengals already got the number one pick. We've already got Joe Burrow locked up. Andy Dalton's going to get his walk off into the sunset. And all 25,000 people in Paul Brown Stadium will give him a rousing ovation. Thanks for listening. It's not the end of the world, folks. You don't lose very often. Yeah, that's only Ohio State's eighth. No, excuse me. That's Ohio State's 10th loss in the last eight years. 10th loss in eight years. Hurts, but puts it in perspective. We're fortunate to have the coach we have, to have the players we have. And uh, this one's never going to go away, that's for sure. All right, have a good night, everybody.